Vivid Nectar Podcast, episode 242. Alexander here, and we live. We're going to be discussing Smino and J. Cole's recent collaboration, 90 Proof. From there, we're going to be discussing Russ's Handsomer becoming Platinum. You heard that right, Platinum within eight months. We're, we're going to be talking things from my perspective, from the track dropping to the eventual feature challenge, Caitlin winning it, the remix, and how this all happened through my perspective. We're going to be going to a separate sub-discussion off of that, which is artists being blackballed. In other words, their fan base, for whatever reason, ain't rocking with them as hard. So we're going to be discussing that. Then we're going to jump into three hip-hop albums that are doing outstanding numbers on the Billboard 200. And moving away from the music, we're going to be talking about something that's essential to our very existence. Essential to our existence. Anime, Naruto, 20th anniversary OVA special. Plenty of highlights on there, reanimating various scenes. So we're going to chop it up a little bit. And then we're going to head into some new territory on here. Discussing Mr. Beast declining 1 billion for his brand, for his companies, and the potential amount that it will be required for him to sell everything. For him to sell everything. So let's get right into it. J. Cole, Smino. Listen, 90 Proof by J. Cole and Smino is definitely a vibe. Coming in at 3 minutes and 29 seconds. This is a song as far as the themes. If you're a smoker, if you love smoking, you love rolling it up, this song is for you. If you have a boo, you still have someone that's ride or die. Even if you were broke, they will still ride for you. This song is for you. This is the first time we've had Smino and J. Cole collaborate since... 1993, which also featured Jade, Kaz, and Earth Gang, Buddy, as well as the track Sacrifices featuring Earth Gang and Saba. So it's been about, what, two years or so? I believe 2019 to 2022. So about two years, two or three, give or take, since they have linked up. And what are we getting here? To start off, three minutes and 29 seconds, I feel is a healthy amount for these two artists. Honestly, when it comes to J. Cole and Smino, let's stretch it into four minutes. We need more music from y'all too. This is going to be the third single for Smino's upcoming album, Love for Rent. We love it. We love the music and we're here. As far as the hook that's starting off, take a break and roll the sticky, let's get high. The way Smino does it, his vocals are sort of echoing around at different pitches. So it's something that I'm still getting comfortable and used to. I enjoy listening to Smino, but there's certain songs like this one where it's just like, can I, can I be invest, invested in the flow? Can I really rock with it? Can I really sit there and enjoy it? It's growing on me and I'm happy that it is. And as far as some of the themes that I brought up, whether it's relaxing, smoking, or being someone that will ride or die for you, not too great at relationships, at least I try. But pretty sure most people can relate to this. Hey, at some point you had some failed relationship. At least you tried. At least you got high while doing it. Some fun times. Patient baby, got to make a couple rounds before I make it back to you to settle down. And having that as the hook and then Smino coming back for the verse, but changing it up. It isn't just we're going to go with the same performance we had on the hook. Him, don't blame yourself for all the shit you see me do. And going on from there, I'm not going to regurgitate you because I'm not trying to bore your ears away from Smino's wonderful performance. But eventually we get the hook back, which is great. And then we get J. Cole and Smino. I got a real one. If I was broke, she would never leave me. No, she won't. She won't. I don't know about y'all, about you. But if you can relate to this verse right here, it feels amazing. It feels powerful. We're not talking about running down on your ops block. Talk about, listen, the one I got, if I was broke, she'll still be rocking for me. But hopefully we don't get to that state where we're broke. Hopefully we don't. Going on from there, J. Cole, J. Cole, Cole World. Is this a J. Cole feature? Is this J. Cole feature contending for a top, top spot? Top three J. Cole feature? It isn't that 
amazing and powerful. And I'm not taking away anything, but this isn't a J. Cole feature that's going to blow you away with a pen. It's going to blow you away with the flow. But instead, this is one that when you play this J. Cole feature, it's going to set the mood. It's going to set the tone. You're going to be more laid back and sort of appreciative of your partner, the moment at hand. Or maybe maybe the pocket's a little healthy. Maybe it could be the bud that you just rolled. But starting off, I bought a condo and it's cozy. My neighbor's nosy as fuck. We could relate that to neighbors, for your eyes only. The way J. Cole's neighbors be looking at him, reference all the way back. Whether it's just like, yo, what this man doing in our neighborhood with all this bread? Going out from there, they see a young nigga walked in with his kids. They don't know who he is. They just know that he up. And referencing from Chains, Rollies, knowing that regardless of how you feel about Cole, he has God on his side. The money was burning a hole in my pocket. The 90 proof burned a little hole in my gut. Overall, some of the themes on here is J. Cole sort of being like, hey, this is what I'm rocking with. These are the way people look at me. This is how I'm living. And we're having a great time. And I love this. I appreciate this from Cole. You know, they're going to goat me. I spill it out for you like fabulous. Whether you want to tie that into some of our fabulous's own tracks. As far as the goat, Cole, Cole, J. Cole, we love it when you bragging yourself as the goat. Don't listen. Don't be that guy that says he can never be the goat. And then just says, says that. Come on, we're going we're gonna to appreciate, we're gonna appreciate the braggadocious energy on there. And to end it off, take a break, roll a sticky, let's get high. J. Cole, Smino, 90 Proof is amazing. Wonderful song. If I had to compare this to a crumble cookie, I would say this is your chocolate chip crumble cookie. It just gets it right. Classic. You can't, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with this. Now, Russ, handsomer, reaching platinum status within eight months is... A heavy blockbuster move by Russ. Russ being an independent artist that doesn't rely on major playlisting, invests his own money or whatever he needs to, and most importantly, doesn't make excuses as far as his numbers, money, fan base. Release the music, do what you got to do, let the music do what it has to do, and watch what happens. Now, Handsomer initially releasing, I didn't get the song too much. But I get the traction, the amount of love. I still listen to it. Eventually reviewed it. You could check that out in the podcast. Just scroll down. You'll eventually find it. And with some time, I'm like, all right. I, I could see. I could see why he's getting traction. I- I'm rocking with it a bit. Russ, handsomer. Just to recap some of the songs. Russ is handsomer than most. He got more money than most. And the Santa females trying to flock to him. Whatever the case is. Eventually, he did an open verse challenge where various artists jumped on a certain segment of the track that they will rap on and potentially be the feature for the track. I stumbled upon a variety of those throughout the feeds. Eventually, I saw the Caitlyn one. I didn't think she was going to win, but I'm like, this adds a nice element to it because originally having Russ be the handsomer, the male perspective in this track of, I got it all. Now flipping it to Caitlyn, where now, you know, instead of the side chick, it's the side dudes and she's giving them side boobs. If you've been, you've been listening to, um, if you caught the handsomer remix review, y'all know my gripe with that bar just because I felt Caitlyn could have gone harder. But at the same time, Side boob, that's the only crumb you're going to give. It works. It works. And this is important for anybody. If you're an artist, you could do this with no label. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be tough, but you could do it with no label and you could do the numbers too. It ain't impossible. And what I love about this, now we're in this time. So right there, just went over the Russ Hansomer topic. We're in this moment of artists blaming labels, streaming platforms, certain playlists for blackballing them. And to a certain extent, depending on the artist, there might even be a little bit of blackballing. A little bit. But at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, you can't blame everybody else but your own music and your own fan base for your own performance. Young boys, somebody that we can understand for the most part, streaming platforms, labels, actual advertisement, we rarely get, we rarely see much of that. It's his hardcore fan base with the memes, with the legitimate music that is consistently dropping and the large fan base on YouTube that is writing for him, writing for young boy. And he's been able to overcome the quote unquote black ball of the industry. And really, what I really want to get into is I feel blackballing is just another word for my fan base ain't putting enough work. I don't know my fan base or I'm not getting the mainstream support I want. Unfortunately, if you want that, you're going to have to sign your life away. No, no masters, no nothing. 360 deal. If you're trying to see that kind of love or just be phenomenal artists. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying if you're not doing numbers, you're not phenomenal artists. But, you know, I'm talking about the Post Malones, the Bad Bunnies, the Drakes that are just numbers are usually ridiculous no matter what, regardless of the quality. So blackballing, whether we're hearing it from the baby, whether we're hearing it from Tory Lanez, whether we're hearing it from anybody else. It's just a matter of you not understanding your fan base, having unrealistic expectations for the numbers your music should be doing, and also being spoiled by the previous relationships you've had with certain platforms or playlists. Because Russ said this, Russ said this greatly, if you're relying on these playlists, well, let me, let, me, let me slow down there. Russ, he, he did um, a little sarcastic jab at the whole blackballing thing. If my music's not on streaming platforms, I'm being blackballed. And what I got out of that is don't rely on playlists to build your fan base, to feed your fan base, and to feed your music. Because at the end of the day, somebody else putting you on the playlist. Like, you're not in charge of that. You got to be in charge of your own thing. And this is coming from someone that I consume the music. So ultimately... Most of the music I consume is not from the playlist. So for the people like me, we're not going to those playlists regardless. You got to earn us, earn our streams. I'm still listening to, for example, Alone at Prom. Every now and then I'll check out the baby's music just for the curiosity of it. More of a Tory fan with music. And I'm not going to, or I'm not going to those playlists. I, I search on my own music or I create my own playlist. And before I get too lost in the sauce with this, blackballing, isn't really a thing. Unless these platforms are legitimately saying, hey, you cannot post your music on Spotify. You cannot post your music on Apple Music, Amazon. Y'all get the idea. You're not being blackballed. Tell your fans to A, go harder. B, build that relationship with them better because it it goes deeper than just, hey, stream my music more. Come on. I thought you guys enjoy my music. I thought y'all really appreciate it. You're saying I'm the man with a million voices, whatever the case is. Don't, Don't stress your fan base too much, but grow a relationship with your fans too. Something that I see with Russ that more artists could start doing is genuinely communicating with them. Not just doing an Instagram post when you need to promote a tour, a concert, a performance, but having times where it's like, here's some behind the scenes. Not because it's a hyped up single releasing, but because I wanted to show you the behind the scenes or some of the obstacles that were in my way before the song dropped. Some of my own money I had to put in to, you know, have this music video pushed out. By the way, Handsomer music video was pretty dope as well. So it was a bit, a bit of a mix between Russ Handsomer going platinum, blackballing, 
some of the complaints from whether it's Tory Lanez, the baby, in this discussion, bits and pieces, some gems in there if you're an artist or even if you're not an artist, seeing how people who you feel they got M's, right? They got millions, but still feel be in this position of where they're stressed because corporations aren't behind them. Listen, it, it don't matter what tax bracket. It don't matter how big an artist is. At the end of the day, you need a belief in your own community, in your own fan base to truly be at peace. That's the way I see it. Because you're not at peace with your fans. Ain't no amount of money going to help you. We, we're seeing this live. Going on from here, three hip-hop albums have tested time when it comes to the Billboard 200. These three hip-hop albums have spent more than 500 weeks on the Billboard 200. That is Eminem's Curtain Call with 598 weeks, Kendrick's Good Kid Mad City with 517 weeks on the Billboard 200. And last but not least, Take Care. Drake's Take Care has spent 500 weeks on the Billboard 200. So it just joined this club. These are the only three hip-hop albums that have accomplished this. And going off from here, number one, Eminem, I'm not that surprised to see Current Call on here just because Eminem, Current Call, numbers. Like that just relates to my head from always looking at Eminem numbers. Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mass City at 517. Not surprised. Incredible album. And I love the fact an album such, an album like Good Kid, Mass City is able to achieve major commercial success, longevity. And when it comes to the numbers, I mean, cool, y'all doing hits. I'm going to stay true to who I am. To my own lifestyle, I'm a, the life being put into this album, the, the lyrical. Let, let me take a step back. Not sacrificing anything for the sake of a hit and just staying genuine to himself, whether we talk about the insane lyrical rhyme schemes we get on the albums, the immense storytelling, vividly feeling like you're in Kendrick's point of view, having this album on the Billboard 200 for 517 weeks, great album. Sometimes they don't do great commercially, but when they do, just it's the frosting on the cake. Drake's Take Care, finally achieving 500 weeks on the Billboard 200. This is a bit surprising because I would have expected Drake to already been in the 500 weeks in the Billboard 200. And not to say I'm pretty sure we're going to have more Drake albums eventually get on this point. But number one, number one point about this. Notice how the Drake album that he took constructive criticism and instead of being, instead of being hurt by it, actually letting that influence him in. Let me focus. Let me make a great project. Let me make a more cohesive project. Instead of taking advice from other people, let me take this criticism. Let me work through it and create a masterpiece, a classic. Take Care is a classic. We all appreciate it. If you don't appreciate it, I mean, I can't, I can't change how you think or feel, but there might be something wrong with you. Notice how an album like that's 500 weeks. And we'll eventually get nothing was the same. I want to see those numbers. But congrats to everybody on here. And I emphasize the fact of constructive criticism because for those of you that aren't aware, thank me later, even though I believe it was crazy on numbers. For whatever reason, Drake felt could have been better, whether that was a quality, whether that was even numbers. So that's why some of the constructive criticism that was giving and all the advice that he took and he didn't really enjoy ended up shaping Take Care. Grateful for it. Now, back into a more important topic, something that I feel is going to contribute to world peace. Okay, maybe not world peace. Naruto's 20th anniversary with the OVA special, reanimating various scenes from the very start of Naruto all the way to the end of Shippuden. 
Beautiful, beautiful. I'm, I'm pretty sure I cried at least twice. Uh, one of the specific scenes, of course, being Jiraiya. Just seeing him get blown off and drowned into the ocean, I was like, ah, oh, man. It's one thing to see it when it happened, but to see it reanimated, so now the death is even more glorious. I was just like, just, just always hits the right spot. And Naruto and Sasuke, not because I was like, oh, man, this is so sad. Not because I was hyped. I was like, yes, loving the moment scene. Naruto's chakra and aura, vibrant red with hints of orange, which, by the way, red. Red, as dope as some of the Naruto designs are, post-pain arc, changing it from red to orange just doesn't do it for me. I love the red because it was more aggressive. Yes, more evil back when the Ninetales was more evil and malicious. And it adds an interesting dynamic from someone that's trying to usually save others. And, and I'm trying to kill you. Wow, that was a, that's, a, that's a great flip right there. But going against Sasuke, of course, seeing the water beautifully. There's the water right there. It's like, I feel I could take a swim. I feel I could get my cup, go on the computer screen, take a nice little cup, drink it. And just continuously seeing various scenes throughout the entirety of the series. Part one of Naruto benefited the most, being how that's the, you know, the oldest part of the anime. And they needed a revamp. I can't wait when we get to the point where the same way they do, they did Hunter x Hunter. Some people say Hunter x Hunter. By some people, a majority, I still say Hunter x Hunter. Eventually, we're going to get that Naruto, instead of Hunter x Hunter 2011, Naruto 2040. We could look forward to it. And before I get done with this, the Haku, Haku fight. There we go. Whenever Haku has a majority of the mirrors surrounding Naruto and Sasuke, in the original anime, that's like a light blue to a grayish hue that we get surrounding everything. What I love about the reanimated scene is you could see like the blue background, the sort of icy blue in the glass. You get to see the pure red chakra. You, you just see colors, man. I'm just, wow. You can, you can see the colors. This isn't just like one simple... One simple color palette. It's like we got various bits and I had to be excited. And I was just, I'm going to rewatch it again. Rewatch it again and maybe even do like a top 10 scenes of that OVA. Just, which, man, before I get sidetracked again, we're going to be finishing this episode off with Mr. Beast recently. One of his interviews have been gaining traction on how he's had his Mr. Beast brand companies under the Mr. Beast umbrella, we have the main YouTube channel. We have the various translated channels from Spanish, French, so on and so forth. Whether we talk about burgers, whether we talk about a chocolate, there's a lot of companies under Mr. Beast. All being valued at about a billion from somebody. Offering Mr. Beast a billion, a billion to buy it out. And Mr. Beast denying it. Now, I'm not going to speak so much on how other people feel about that. Oh, I would have taken, I would have. Me seeing Mr. Beast, how much he's accomplished, where he's at right now, understood a couple things. Just hearing the billion, number one, even before hearing him saying that he didn't accept it, number one, a billion ain't enough. I ain't a, I ain't a financial advisor. I'm not pocket watching that heavy with Mr. Beast. But seeing as how he's third biggest YouTube channel, I believe, T-Series PewDiePie Mr. Beast, at how fast he's done it, it's a low ball, just off of that. And YouTube also being a company that is still growing at an amazing pace and scale. YouTube going to be here, I want to say forever. So then YouTube pockets keep increasing. Mr. Beast pockets, Jimmy pockets are going to keep increasing. So off the growth alone, ability's too short. Off the size 
of his companies, of what he's been able to grow at such a fast pace, a Billy's too little for that. And number three, if you watch Mr. Beast, one thing you will know about Jimmy is that he does not value the money more than the joy, the journey of doing what he does. You could, you know that already based off the fact that he invests almost every single dollar into the next video or into something else in the company. You know that off of him vividly saying, I enjoy doing this. Even hearing his hectic schedule of how he could be on a set one day, next morning he could be recording all day on the gaming channel, then he could be flying out to do another jam pack nonstop. So even without knowing the value of his brand, seeing as how he doesn't prioritize money for what he does, a billion enough. A a billion is not enough. Now, Jimmy saying that 10 billion would seem like a better number. I'm not buying that either. And I feel he was probably being a little, I feel he was being humble. I feel Mr. Beers was like, hey, 10 billions would be good in the back of his head. 100 bill. 100 bill. Because watch in less than a year, going to be the second most subscribed, I believe passing PewDiePie. And then eventually it's going to be a fight between T-Series and (laughs) Mr. Beast. We'll see how that war pans out. And even when we're not talking on the YouTube side of things, he's only going to continue to get bigger. Right now, his subtitle channels are gaining massive languages. They're bigger. A couple of them combined are bigger than the main channel, which is pretty insane. Or I think all of them. And more importantly, he's still young. He's still in the building blocks of building this empire, massive empire. And I don't even believe he's hit his peak. Seeing how analytical he can be, but the amount of creativity he puts on everything, I believe Mr. Beast, everything included, it's going to be 50 billion plus. Easily 50 billion plus. We're going to see that within a couple of years. We're going to look back at this interview and be like, damn, even 10 billion was a low ball from everything he's doing. The only way I could honestly see Mr. Beast selling anything related to his brand would be burnout. Eventually, you know, the enjoyment is not able to outweigh the amount of energy spent. Or, nah, I think that's the only thing. Yeah, he's not able to catch up with everything. He's going to need someone like, all right, catch this out because it's too much for me. Or maybe he's not as in love with the business as he once was. So to end this episode off, I want to say thank you for making it this far. Whether we're discussing... Russ Smino, 90 Proof, spectacular track, real chill and laid back. Russ Handsomer, Platinum in eight months, some things that we could learn from there. The process that I watched and understanding, he ain't saying he blackballed. He ain't getting crazy major support. And understanding, like, listen, he's able to do it. These other artists that are complaining, uh, they got to they gotta tighten up. Three hip-hop albums that are phenomenal and doing great commercially. Naruto. Naruto. That's it. That, that's it. Just Naruto. Mr. Beast discussion. I love having these little side plots. And then to end it off, if you made it this far, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Vivid Nectar. If you want to see everything that I do visually, subscribe to me on Instagram for some original Reels content. Sometimes I get some of the content from the podcast posted on the Reels. And, you know, just be in tune on the gram for things along that line. And as far as the YouTube We've gained over 10 subscribers. I believe the exact number was 13 in the past two 
two to three days. Thank you. Appreciate it. Right now, the goal is a thousand before the end of the year. But to, you know, some of the little goals before we get to that point is going to be 150. Right now, we're at 139. Let's get to 150 subscribers. For those of you guys that have enjoyed the intergalactic reviews, I would love to continue to bring more shows and movies. Of course, hip hop related, I will strive to do that. But majority of what I watch, I would say about 70% isn't hip hop related. So intergalactic being by being that is by Kid Cudi. I'm happy that to a certain extent was hip hop. But more importantly, it was a movie that I thought was dope. Shared it with y'all. Y'all showing love. Vivian Nectar Podcast, episode 235, 236, 237, 238, 239, 240, 241. Available on most streaming platforms. Available on YouTube. If you want to see me, see the visuals, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. You got to love it, man. Check, check it out. We're getting new videos every other day uploaded, whether it's from the podcast or something original. We're staying consistent with it. Appreciate it this episode and I'll catch you guys on the next one.